You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. What up, Jake? I'm doing great. I love listening to Clay Travis in the morning. It gets me fired up. I'm so ready for today. <laughs> I love to see Jake uh, fired up. Uh, you had a, a Clay Travis statement a second ago. Dude, he talks like a tough guy. Yeah. Tough guys. And hey, what did you say? Tough guys don't talk tough oh. most of the time. And if somebody and, talks and, tough. And your quote was? He, he's. No, not that quote. I, I don't remember my quote. What, you would take him. Oh, I could take him. <laughs> I know I could take him. That is a Clay Travis remark right there. We ought yeah, to put but it I on, didn't say it on air. Put it on a poll. I didn't say it on could air. Could Jake Martin beat up Clay Travis? I could take him. Give me a minute. <laughs> Tim Wazing can't take much more Travis. <laughs> I'm just worried about him because he's going to have to go to the hospital because he pats himself on the back so much. He's going to oh, hurt that arm. He's going to hurt, yeah, yeah. That poor back of his. <laughs> oh, gets me fired up. Yeah. Well, I'm ready then, to go hit the then, he, then that's what he wanted. Yeah, no. You want to go beat him up? I would. I would like a minute with him. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's all I would need. And Jake, full disclosure, has been working on the heavy bag. So, <laughs> all right, let's put uh, put Clay Travis's picture on the heavy. That's bag. That's what I need to and do. And then let's Just get the video. Tweet it out. Tweet it towards him, and then you'll get a response. Will I, though? Yeah, probably. Because I retweeted him the other day, completely disagreeing with him, expecting him to say something smart. I never got anything back. <laughs> anyway, hope you're having a good Tuesday. <laughs> I just want video or a picture of you hitting the heavy bag with his face. I could make that happen. All right, let's work on that for tomorrow. That's your homework for today. <laughs> uh, plenty to discuss over the next two hours. You're welcome to join the conversation on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. 888-993-7762. We won't brag that much about ourselves over the next uh, two hours. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Where do you want to start? I, I hate starting with the Pels because, quite frankly, Dude, we got last, to. Uh, how many years have been in this? How, you know how many times somebody stopped me on the street or anywhere and, or has called <laughs> and said, hey, how about the Pels? Uh, not often. <laughs> Never has happened. <laughs> how but, often do you walk down the street, though? Well, you, I'm out in public. All right. Streets are the wrong yeah. term. Okay. I'm, I'm in Wally world. Anybody stop me and said, hey, how about the Pels? Well, because that's not your expertise. They, it's they, sports. They know to talk to you about. Uh, girls, like, soccer's not my expertise either. <laughs> Do you get asked about that? Yes, every okay. once in a while. So. All right. Well, you proved me wrong. Uh, Anthony Davis, though, it is a remarkable mm-hmm. story and what he continues to do and uh, lead this team. Uh, now six straight, and his stats are, are just, quite frankly, mind-boggling at this point. It really is. And so the Pelicans won last night 125-116 to 116 against the Suns. I caught the very end of that one. But uh, Davis, his stat line over the last six games, they've won six straight. Yeah. Listen to this. He's averaging 41.5 points per game. That's good. That's not bad. 15 rebounds per game yeah. and 3.2 blocks per game. Davis has topped the 40-point mark in four of the six wins. Last player to have a span of six games with similar numbers was Bob McAdoo. I'm sure you know who Bob McAdoo is, don't you? Watch this game tape, yeah. Back in – it was tape. (laughs) It might be film. Back in uh, 1975 when he averaged uh, about 42 points and 16 rebounds during that span. Here's what's interesting to me about this. Not only are the Pelicans, you know, moving up, they they moved to fifth place, but – Davis has always been uh, an interesting conversation to have with with NBA purists about you know who's one of the best players in the NBA. Is the Anthony Davis a top five player? I think the last couple of years you've gotten some pushback on that. I think a lot of people looked at Davis early and was like, yeah, he's going to be a future star. But especially when they had Cousins, you know, his numbers went down a little bit. But a lot of people kind of pushed back a little bit against him being a top five player because you had the emergence of. Of course, you had LeBron, you have Kevin Durant, and then you had Steph Curry, and then you had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and then you had the emergence of you know Kawhi over the years and uh, Giannis. So I think that people, almost in a, 
disrespected Anthony Davis a little bit when they were talking about the top five players. So I've had conversations with people, and I've and people have disagreed with me because I've always thought Anthony Davis was a top five player. Hmm. I think right now, I, I think it's a no brainer. I think he's a no brainer top five player, and I think he's really making a push for the MVP. Especially, you know, you see, you're looking at me weird, but listen, DeMarcus Cousins is gone, mm-hmm. right? When, when Boogie got hurt, a lot of people wrote the, the Pelicans off. Now, I don't know if Anthony Davis can sustain this and keep the Pelicans afloat uh, for, for, for the rest of the season, but to keep to have the six-game win streak, you know, coming out of the all-star break, to, to see what they've been doing and to, to move into fifth place, and he, I just read you his stats. Come on, give this guy some credit, and, and let's actually look at him and say, hey, he's a serious candidate for MVP. Key stat, they've won six in a row. Yeah, that's what's important. Uh, in the month of February, he, he will be the player of the month, correct? Yeah, he, he has uh, to month of February, he scored 53, 45, 44, 43, 42, 38, and 38. Along with that, 17 rebounds, 17 rebounds, 17 rebounds, 10 rebounds, 15 rebounds, 10 rebounds, and 9 rebounds. Pretty salty. Not too bad. Yeah, he, he's tearing it up, and the Pelicans are, are streaking. When do they play again? Does the streak continue? You know, I I couldn't tell you when they played again. Sorry, I left you hanging there. Yeah, I uh I didn't look at the schedule. We'll get the research department on that. That is a big storyline. In fact, that's what we led with: the Pels and Anthony Davis. What Other you got stories: next? Uh, the girls' basketball state championships continue to play out down in Alexandria. Hey, Repeats Coliseum, the renovation job they did down there. Uh, the video, the footage got yesterday. It's pretty nice. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Pelicans play tomorrow against the Spurs at 7:30. All right. Uh, yesterday, Claiborne Christian takes care of business, 41 to 39 versus Grace Christian. Uh, their championship run now sets them up a Friday morning date at 10 a.m. Brunch with the Lady Crusaders, as they will take on Christ Episcopal at 10 a.m. down there in Alexandria. Atlanta also won against the Summerfield. 52-49, to 49. they will now play Plainview Friday at noon for a championship. That sets up a big day now for our North Louisiana squads. We've got Delhi versus Arcadia. That is a one-versus-four matchup. They're going to tip at 11.30 later today. Jonesboro, number three seed versus Maryville. That's at 1.15. And then the, the 4A semifinal game of interest to us has Neville as the number three seed squaring off against South Lafouche at 4.45. Neville going after a, a chance to appear in a state championship game for the first time since 1986. Hmm. There was uh, one uh, boys, or two boys games last night of interest. Haynesville advances on. They take care of business. And also Jonesboro, Jonesboro versus Lincoln Prep. The third matchup between these two teams, you heard from Antonio Hudson yesterday, uh, Lincoln Prep looking to beat Jonesboro Hodge for the third straight time. They played it up in Union. Jack Thigpen got his wish, a neutral site game. <laughs> and a good crowd on hand, too. And uh, Jonesboro Hodge gets the best of uh, Lincoln Prep, 76-69. So they're advancing on. Good stuff. Um, and we should mention last night that Grambling. Suffered. Yeah, I didn't understand this one. This was a head-scratcher. Uh, Mississippi Valley State beat Grambling 79-74. to the Delta Devils were something like 3-26 and 26 coming yeah. in to uh, this game. And you looked at Grambling, what they had at stake, an opportunity to inch closer to winning a regular season championship in the SWAC, and they go out there and they tumble for the second game in a row. They tumble for the second game in a row. So now if you look at the standings in the SWAC, man, it is wide open because Grambling's still at the top at 11-5. and five. They're half a game ahead of Arkansas Pine Bluff who is at 11-6, and six. and then behind Arkansas Pine Bluff is Southern, Prairie View A&M, and Texas Southern, who are all 10-6, and six, only one game back. So with two games left, anything can happen. But, uh, yeah. Maybe they started reading their press clippings. I, I don't know. Maybe. You um, did start to see national publications pick it up more, yeah, and yeah. you heard more of a buzz just where this program has been and what they had done with the 11-game winning streak that came to an end on – Saturday. Now, of course, they'll have to bounce back. And they are ineligible for the uh, conference tournament and, of course, the NCAA tournament. Need to mention that. So, I mean, basically, their season is winding down, but they wanted to end it with a regular yeah, season title. Yeah, you win the regular season title, and, I mean, that carries a lot of momentum into next year. But they have two games left, and it's against Alabama State and Alabama A&M. And those are the two of the bottom three teams in the league. So maybe they can 
you know, refocus and, and, and get those victories. Quinn says, did you mention Atlanta versus Summerfield? Yes, Atlanta knocks off Summerfield 52-49. They will play Plainview Friday at noon for a championship. So Grambling men uh, tumble at home. The women, though, they have now won three straight. They take care of business versus Mississippi Valley State. They win 64-55. to So yesterday was a bad day for reporting, Aaron. Two things that really caught my eye. First, being the New York Times reporting that Roger Goodell was finding Jerry Jones. But in actuality, the NFL was demanding a $2 million plus reimbursement for court expenses. Which seems fair. It seems, well, it's actually a rule. It's in the rule book. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, that, that is caused by Ezekiel Elliott's suspension and all the stuff between Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones where they were holding his, his contract extension up. Uh, so that cost over $2 million. They're asking the Cowboys to reimburse them. So that was just – that stood out to me, the fact that the New York Times really butchered that. And then uh, saw some, you know, local uh, media kind of messing up the whole uh, Will Wade investigation thing. Mm. In fact, LSU had to release a statement saying they weren't under investigation, um, that, in fact, it was Will Wade. And I saw VCU actually did the same thing. Mm. Uh, but – yeah, very, very strange day uh, with, with a lot of inaccuracies being reported. Well, the Will Wade situation is just cloudy, murky, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so one report comes out there, and a respective journalist at that. And I think, you know, everybody can say what they want. Well, this is much to do about nothing. But uh, I do go with a little bit of the credibility of that reporter. There has to be sub substance to it. And then, of course, LSU coming back, and Will Wade has to answer some of the questions. It's just horrible timing with everything else going on with the FBI and that investigation. Yeah. A lot of times I think it gets all thrown into one heap. I don't know. I feel like any time the NCAA is hot on your trails, it's not good just because we feel like, you know, this is going on everywhere, right? But it's, whenever you're put under the microscope, that's when I'm always like, yeah, it's it's it, sooner or later that guy's gonna something's gonna come out. I mean, something's gonna come out of this. So, well, here's Will Wade's uh, statement yesterday. The facts are there have been zero inquiries. There's been zero contact by the NCAA to me, my staff, my players, our administration, or our school. There's been zero inquiries or contact by the NCAA. Yeah, and but they're they've it's been reported that they've been looking into his tactics. So. That doesn't mean that they've directly contacted him. That doesn't mean that <clears throat> because they haven't directly contacted him that they're not, you know, looking into what he's done. And no disrespect to the Baton Rouge media, but right now, quite frankly, Will Wade is the golden boy. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, they're going to come uh, to the defense of Will Wade. Well, yeah, you were kind of ranting about that this morning. You were, you were kind of getting upset about that. I wasn't getting upset. It's just, it's just the way it is. And quite frankly, that is the way it is. With local media, and then, of course, you know, I'm in the same boat. You develop relationships with certain sure. people, and then, of course, you know, you're What's hearing their side off the record. Well, what do you think's been unfair? Do you think anything's been unfair about this reporting? No, not yet. You just, you're, you're speculating that it's going to end up. No, I'm that. not. Just, you know, there, there has got to be a little bit of substance to it. I agree. Yeah. But we, you can only report what you know or yeah. what's, what's confirmed. Wade went on to say, I'm very proud to represent LSU, very proud to represent Louisiana, going to continue to work extremely to bring – extremely, I guess he forgot the word hard – extremely to bring a top-tier national championship caliber basketball program to our state and to our school. We're excited about what lies ahead here at LSU for our staff and our players. Well said. Well said. All right. The, the problem I had yesterday, and you know, I, I heard Cowherd talking about it, and this is what happens when you have now – Everybody thinks the bombshell. Who's it going to drop on next? And then you just start throwing out names. Well, this guy's going to go down next because obviously he's dirty. And this is where I can see where the Will Wade defenders come to his. So maybe he's just done a great job of going out there, beating down the doors, and doing an incredible recruiting sales pitch to get the number three ranked class for next year. Wait. Cowherd was just naming guys without Well, pretty much. Just throwing evidence. out some names and then goes, well, there's another school in the SEC that 
in, in basketball that it's not as bad as Ole Miss football, but it, it's pretty darn bad. And my sources say that the hammer's going to come down soon. Uh. And then, you know, you're just throwing stuff up there in the spaghetti and the meatballs. Is it going to stick to the wall? Uh-huh. And then you're just hoping one of them does, and then you can come back and say, I told you way back when. Well, I like Nick Saban's version of that saying that, that you just did, did with the wall, but uh, a little bit better than yours. But yeah, I, I agree. That's you know, <laughs> it took me a while to get there, but uh, it's it's at our parting shot if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, yeah. you got talking heads who are going to try to make some noise. Well, the other thing is that that's the difference between, of course, journalists and then you got to put stuff right. in print and, and on on the air. Compared to, you know, when you're doing this, you know, doing sports talk, it's a whole different realm. It Sometimes is. people forget that. It certainly is. And it's a lot different, too, when you're not dealing with these people on a weekly or <laughs> yes, daily. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, plenty to discuss. You can continue to weigh in. 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hot slot, hotline slash text line. It is part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Uh, Gus Cattengill will join us at 8 o'clock for his weekly visit. Eric Conkle, also a Louisiana Tech head basketball coach, will join us at 8.30 as the Duncan Dogs try to get back on track this week. 8.40. James Cooper from Grambling as uh, the G-Men get ready to make a trip to the box. We got a couple uh, in-state battles tonight, including Grambling and LSU, Northwestern State squaring off against Louisiana Tech, and ULM making the trip down the road to Mississippi to square off against Jackson State. Plus, we've got to break down some big-time basketball matchups tonight. LHSA boys playoffs really tip off tonight. Yeah. You know, the first round is it's fine. Warm-up round. It's tune-up the warm, game. It's the tune-up games. Now it's time for the real action. And, of course, uh, that's going to be highlighted by West Monroe versus Washtenaw Paris tonight. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on the morning drive. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Athletes are always being put to the test. It's how they know they're strong and tough enough, or if there's room to be better. Well, the same goes for car batteries. That's why AutoZone offers free battery testing. If your car is having trouble starting, just stop in and get your battery tested on the spot for free. Whether it's just a loose cable or time for a new battery, you won't have to buy a part you don't need. Stop in today and put your battery to the test. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Hooters smoked wings are marinated overnight. Then hickory smoked low and slow. With only half the calories, so you can eat twice as many. In fact, our smoked wings are so good, you might just come to Hooters for the food. Wait, what? That can't be right. That's just crazy talk. Come in for all the games and get a scratch and wing card when you try our new smoked wings. Every card's a winner. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hooters. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, 
Do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Got any checks there? Yes. Quint says, how about those Pels? AD getting MVP consideration from this run. Quint's fired up. See, he's glad we let off with the Pels. Uh-huh. Uh, Daryl says, thank you, Somerville girls. For another great year, we are proud of you. You asked how many times people ask me about the Pels, and I say never. But then we get a question about track and field. Okay, what you got? Uh, somebody asked us about uh, Antoine Duplantis. Is Duplantis is a brother, Mondo. Of course, Mondo. He was signed with uh, LSU. I didn't realize it a couple of days ago. He set the new world record in the pole vault. Well, that family is known for the pole vault. Uh, he's pretty good. Uh, this 18-year-old just continues to get it done. I mean, we're talking about some of the best. I mean, his his numbers now list among the uh, world, and he's only 18. Well, they, that's the it, – it's one of those things where, like, you hate when you tune into an LSU baseball broadcast. Well, they don't really do it anymore, but yeah. used to. Every time they talked about Antoine Duplantis, they would talk about his whole family and how they would be have a pole vault in the, fir- in the front yard. Oh. Yeah. But uh, that family is known for their um, pole vaulting skills. Hmm. All right. Uh, a couple odds and ends, and that was certainly uh, one of the headlines. How about uh, Buzz Williams last night? Virginia Tech fans and the student body getting uh, very excited yeah. throughout the game against Duke, correct? Yes, a little bit of obscenities. So then uh, Buzz Williams grabs the mic and says what to the student body? Basically says, stop cussing and don't throw anything on the court. No matter how this this uh, goes, it, that was with three minutes left to play in the game, I believe. But yeah, that was a back and forth game, and Virginia Tech actually pulled off the stunner. Yeah, so it worked. It did work. I mean, it was it's like I, I think it was in the second half, four or five minutes to go, and they closed out well. Oh yeah, they were down by like seven. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I watched the end of that game. They were down by like seven with uh, two or three minutes to go, and um, the Clark kid. The, the guy with the crazy hair, he went off. He scored six uh, their last six points and uh, got a got a basket right by the goal at the very end of the game and uh, to put them up with, by one point. And he got a little jab in there with the officials too. So he grabs the mic and he says, "Guys, quit cussing. Don't throw anything on the floor, regardless of what's happening." Yeah. If he would have said, "Regardless of uh, how lousy the calls are," that would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little bit discreet in that. So a nice uh, 64-63 victory over fifth-ranked Duke. Yeah, I want to talk about one of my favorite stories, just to tell you how, just to explain how crazy the NCAA is. Uh, so Michigan State said Monday that leading scorer Miles Bridges paid $40 to a charity of his choice to resolve an NCAA violation uncovered in a university-conducted con- uh, review. Basically, um, the, the documents related to the FBI's investigation, they included that, um, that they were claiming that Bridges' mother took $400 in cash and that he paid $70 for uh, – that Andy Miller paid $70 for a dinner with the Bridges' family. Uh, but Michigan State said Monday that it conducted the internal investigation. And what they found was that uh, Bridges was required to pay $40 for the value of a dinner that was paid for him. Mm. So $40 for a dinner, he pays it off with charity, he's cleared again. <laughs> Just how silly is that? <laughs> Very silly. Uh, Gary had a response to one of your headlines uh, yesterday or your parting shot, Jake. This is Gary going outside and doing research for us. Yesterday. Y'all were, yeah, thanks. <laughs> good, good thing the listeners do that. Yesterday, y'all reported about the male transgender wrestler that beat a girl in Texas. So I polled over 20 men yesterday, and it was unanimous that all would not allow their daughters to wrestle. I'd be more shocked if the results were different than what you got from your uh, 20 people, yeah. random people, Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those things, man. It's one of those things where it's just it's baffling that, that it happened once, 
even more baffling that it happened two years yeah. in a row in Texas, of all places. Uh, Jake, the uh, LSU PR man over here has been uh, talking highly of this Jonathan Giles kid that transferred from Texas Tech to LSU. He's supposed to be the next big thing at wide receiver for LSU. And now this is quite an honor for him. The guy hasn't set foot on the field yet. He uh, will wear number seven next year. Yeah, that really does not surprise me, just because he was great at Texas Tech. He was a fantastic 69 receptions for 1,158 yards, 13 touchdowns back in 2016 for the Red Raiders in a pass-happy offense. There you go. How long will it take him to get 69 receptions at LSU? (laughs) Oh, well, Steve Inzminger, man, it might take him just a few games. They're they're opening it up this year. So he'll join uh, the Rustin Rifle, Burt Jones. Some guy named uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, Patrick Peterson, the Honey Badger, some that have worn number seven. Uh, DJ Shark wore it last year. Yeah. Uh, it, it really doesn't surprise me. You know, you heard reports last year that at practices, he, DBs had trouble uh, guarding him. I think he's going to be – that's why I kept saying the wide receivers are going to be just fine this year because you have him and then you, you're bringing in these five stars to join in. That wide receiver is not a concern at all. Ed Orgeron's quote after uh, the press conference to announce Ensminger's promotion said on Giles, we couldn't cover him in camp. The guy is fantastic. There you go. Other college football news. Uh, is Saban bringing on another former SEC coach? Maybe so. This is what he does, right? Uh, Butch Jones was reportedly meeting with uh, Nick Saban about potentially becoming the offensive analyst for Alabama. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, it, it's Good for Butch Jones. I mean, yeah. anytime you can associate yourself with Nick Saban, makes it easier to find another job. Isn't it weird how Saban continues to do this though? Or if this happens, why not, man? I mean, just to you know, use people, you know, bring them in, and and, and you. They're to, using you too. They're, they're using it's, your it's reputation. Both parties are benefiting from yeah. it. You know, you get to rub shoulders with Nick Saban. Like I said, it makes it easier to find another job. I mean, look at Sarkeesian, look at Lane Kiffin. It really helped them. Uh, and then on the flip side, yeah, Butch Jones brings something to the table. Nick Saban can use that. All right. Everything that's going on in college basketball, well, you mentioned the success Will Wade has had recruiting. Of course, that raises eyebrows and people think, assume that something improper is going on. How about the news up in Kansas where uh, they get uh, the Warren Easton quarterback? Uh, he is now committed to be a Jayhawk. This is the highest recruit that they have had in years. One of the top quarterbacks in the country for next year, Lance Legandre, I think is how you pronounce his name. Should uh, red flags be going up on on what is taking place at now in Kansas? Well, so so if they didn't have that New Orleans connection yeah. with the coach leaving and joining that staff, I think I would be more inclined to say something's going on. But because of that connection, mm-hmm. it makes it more believable. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I want to wait and see if it lasts. Yeah. That's, that's well, we thought the same thing. thing with Puka. That's true. That one did last. Yeah. Um, we thought there's no way that he arrives on the campus well, there. I think there was, there was also some talk, you know, surrounding Puka uh, about his academics. It wasn't a guarantee that he was going to be cleared, right? And so I think some schools backed off because of that, including LSU. Yeah. Didn't didn't back off totally, but wasn't you know pursuing him. Heavily like like some other recruits. Now, if this kid from Warren Easton turns out to be, you know, six foot three, two hundred and twelve prospect, led uh, Easton to the four A semifinals last year. Yeah, if he turns out to be uh, the real deal, I don't expect him to to stay with Kansas. The other thing is uh, the former coach there, of course, being uh, Tony Hall down there at uh, Warren Easton, and now of course has made his way to Kansas. Surprised another school, perhaps in the SEC or other places, would have already picked him up. Yeah, true. He continues to have the success <laughs> in the New Orleans area. You would think he'd be a hot commodity, right? Yes. So there you go. Uh, it appears Kansas at least gets a commitment out of the one, <laughs> one of the top quarterbacks in the country, certainly in the state of Louisiana. Aaron, would you like to know LSU's odds of winning the SEC tournament? Sure. <laughs> of course you would. I want, what are the odds of them making the big dance? Uh, well, that's they win a, the tournament. That's so. They have to win the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the same. So at least Jake is changing his tune a little bit. No, look, good grief. I, all I've done is say what they had to do to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's all I've done over these weeks. I never said they were going to make it. I, I, I did in jest because it got a little crazy. But anyway, uh, so Auburn is the favorite, plus 350. 
And then Tennessee's plus 400. LSU's plus 2,500. Mm. So, if you, if you like so you'd make football, that wager? No, I wouldn't make that wager. I do like the, the – Or win at least two games. I do like the Missouri plus 1,400. Mm. I think that's – that's pretty good. I would I would feel most confident in betting on Tennessee though, just because they're they're not reliant on hot shooting. They can beat you in many ways. They're they're very good fundamental basketball team, and I think that helps in in tournaments. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll talk a little uh, college baseball. As we are looking forward to a big night, including Mother Nature permitting, Louisiana Tech at home versus Northwestern State. You'll hear from Lane Burroughs after the break. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. How about a little college baseball, Jake? Oh, I'm glad you asked. You love midweek games. Or at least when they I have a story baseball. when they have a storyline. Uh yeah, it helps when they have a storyline. All right, we got a couple of different storylines. Let's dive into it. And of course, James Cooper from Grambling will join us in the eight o'clock hour as the G Men make a trip to the box tonight. But let's start with the the Diamond Dogs squaring off against Northwestern State, Mother Nature permitting. Uh, this is very familiar, of course, with each other's program. You look at uh, Lane Burroughs, uh, spent four years as the head coach at Northwestern State, where he won 113 games and led the Demons to three consecutive 30-win seasons. Louisiana Tech coming off a series win this past weekend, but they had an opportunity to sweep on Sunday. And in this clip, you'll notice uh, Coach Burroughs brings it up, the fact that they were unable to get the sweep. And I think it still chaps his hide a little bit, <laughs> just the lack of focus they had on Sunday. I had an opportunity to stop by and talk to Coach uh, yesterday. We talked about what took place this past weekend and what's on the horizon. This coming up weekend when they go to Frisco and go up against some big heavyweights in Baylor and Texas A&M over there. Here's uh, Lane Burroughs on what happened this past weekend and overall how he feels about this team right now. Well, I think we're still trying to find out who we are and what our identity is. Uh, you know, you, you hope uh, by the end of this weekend you'll know. We, uh, we're going to get tested this weekend. We play three great clubs and good team tomorrow night, Northwestern State, and a team we respect, and Bobby's doing a great job. But I like our bullpen. I said early uh, before the season started, I thought that was going to be a strength of our club, and it has been. That's held true uh, offensively. We just hadn't uh, we hadn't gotten a flow. Uh, we had the big night Friday night. We put up 13 and banged out some hits and ran the bases aggressively and didn't quite get it done uh, Saturday or uh, Sunday. But uh, guys are working hard. Coach Krill's doing a great job with them, and and uh, you just keep working, keep grinding, and 
sooner or later we'll figure out who we are and we'll get those nine in there that are going to help us win games. So do you continue to adjust the roster or is it a case of the lineup or is this a case where you think get one hit, kind of get some momentum building one or two hits after another? Yeah, we still, we were just discussing it a while ago, we still got some guys that need to play. Uh, Taylor Young's a guy that's only got a couple of at-bats and he can be a spark plug for us. And uh, we got guys that uh, aren't producing. They're, they've got to come out of the gate slow and scuffling, but that's baseball. I mean, it's going to happen, and uh, we know those guys will come around. Some guys get out of the gates hot, and some guys don't. So, uh, yeah, you just keep running guys in there and uh, seeing who can get it done. And there are guys that still hadn't gotten a ball game that deserve a chance. They work hard every day, and uh, we can only base. We're so new. Uh, you can only base on what you saw in the fall and in our spring training um, portion of uh, leading up to the season. But uh, we still got some guys we, we believe in and uh, guys that are struggling we believe in. We're not going to give up on them, and it'll come around. Uh, Usually those guys that hit, uh, Aaron, they hit when they were 12. I kind of have a theory. They hit when they were 15. They're, now they're hitting when they're 20. Uh, hitters hit, and uh, they'll figure it out. Some of them are adjusting to Division One baseball, and it's a little bit different. I know midweek games are a little bit of a strange beast, but when you play a team like Northwestern State, certainly a program you're very familiar with, does that get the guys a little bit more fired up? Yeah, I think uh, also coming off yesterday, uh, leaving a bad taste in our mouth. I, I said yesterday, I. I thought uh, one thing we pride ourselves on here at, at Tech is uh, being tough, having a level of toughness. I know people throw that word around, and we talk about dominating the elements, and uh, those are cornerstones of our program. And yesterday we had some elements. It rained, it was cold, and uh, we didn't do it. We didn't do a good job. We kind of got away from who we were or who we are, who we want to be, and uh, I heard a lot of excuses. And, uh, you know, we, we addressed that. And uh, But you're right. I think after uh, not playing well yesterday and we play a great ball club tomorrow in Northwestern, uh, they'll be ready. I know those guys are coming after us, coming after me, and uh, I expect that. I know most of those guys are still on the team and, and uh, still have a good relationship with them, text with them, and good kids. And uh, they're, they're playing good baseball right now. Bobby's doing a good job. And, and uh, you know, I think more so than playing Northwestern, it'll be we didn't play real well uh, Sunday last time out, so I know our guys will be ready to get back on the field. You know, you're concentrating on tomorrow, but this weekend, what an opportunity. How did that all come about? And you look at this opportunity. How cool is it going to kind of be a litmus test against some of the better programs? In the it will, and the word you use is opportunity. That's what I told her. We had a long meeting after yesterday in the locker room. We stayed in there a while, uh, and we talked about some things and being tested this week and next four with Northwestern and going into the Frisco Classic and A&M on Friday, Cal um, on Saturday and Baylor on Sunday, three really, really good clubs that are playing well right now, and uh, it is an opportunity. I mean, you, you know, they're, they're going to be good. Uh, we know that, and uh, but it, it gives you an opportunity to go out and make a statement. Uh, play against quality clubs, and uh, we were supposed to have a home series with Southeastern Louisiana, and uh, Tommy McClellan, our athletic director, his, one of his good buddies runs this tournament, and they approached us and talked to Matt down at Southeastern, and uh, they had a team back out, so Matt was good. We're going to keep that series. We'll just go down there next year, and they'll come back the following, and the opportunity to go play in a great tournament where we have a big alumni base against quality teams, that's kind of how it came about, and uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, one thing I met with those guys at our ABCA convention, and one of the things they pride themselves on, they want our guys to have a bowl-type atmosphere uh, that college football players have when they go to a bowl. So we got a big banquet Thursday night. I know all the coaches, a big barbecue, will speak, and the mayor will be there. And um, they said we get gifts and all that stuff, so it'll be interesting to see how that, what kind of gifts we'll get. But uh, they, they, they want it to be like a bowl, and uh, I know there'll be great crowds. The facility over there is outstanding. And, uh, like I said, I know our alumni is having a big crawfish bowl on Saturday, and it'll be fun. We'll have good crowds. It'll be a regional-type atmosphere. You'll be playing regional-type teams, and that's where we want to be year in and year out, and uh, that's what it's going to be like over there. Pretty cool weekend for Louisiana Tech. First things first, they'll take care of business versus Northwestern State tonight. You look at uh, the Bulldogs and the success that they have had so far this year. It all goes back to their pitching. Right now, they're fifth in the country in team ERA at 1.62. Yeah. And Mark tops among all conference USA teams. Their uh, strikeout to walk ratio is pretty darn good right now. Uh, four to one, basically. 81 strikeouts, 20 walks. Northwestern State is uh, four and three on the year. Uh, the dogs will go with uh, the Leal kid pitching. Remember him last week against McNeese State? He was sensational. They're hoping to get a similar performance out of him tonight. Yeah, that's what's been the story of, of this year is Louisiana Tech's pitching. When that offense catches up with that pitching, whew, watch out. 
That'd be a fun weekend just to go hang oh, out and man. watch some college baseball at a beautiful minor league ballpark. And I and I agree with him. It it, it is like a almost like a bowl experience, like going to that big environment. They're and having a play. banquet though before we go. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna roll out the red carpet, which man, is cool. It's, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. yeah, a very cool experience. Well, uh, the LSU Tigers roll out the red carpet for Grambling tonight. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But uh, should be an interesting game because. The reason why I, I'm so interested in it is because LSU is going to pitch Cam Sanders again. And last week, he didn't even register an out. He had an awful, awful outing. Um, but this is a kid that they still think has a lot of promise. Um, so he's going to get the start again tonight versus Grambling. Get this, Aaron. Yeah. LSU has a 10.95 ERA for starting pitchers. Yeah. 10.95 ERA. Quite the opposite of Louisiana Tech. <clears throat> Grambling's pitching staff, uh, it, it's it's kind of struggled a bit too uh, at times this season. It actually has a 6.15 ERA, uh, but Christian Marquez will get the start tonight. Uh, he faced LSU last year, and I'm sure he's hoping for better results this year. Uh, last year, he did not record an out in that game. Did not record an out. Um, no. Yeah, he's off to a better start. He's actually 2 and 0 on the year with an ERA 3.50. 3.60. You look at history, historically, uh, and Grambling plays uh, LSU. It only dates back to 2009, but LSU leads the all-time series seven to nothing. Yeah, but the th- if you're Grambling, you have to look at this game optimistically because LSU has had a tendency recently of struggling in midweek games. They have dropped quite a few of those games over the over the past couple of years. And and Jake called it over the weekend, said Grambling would go to Miami and win at least one game against Florida International, and they did that. Well, Grambling's got some studs in that lineup. That's the thing. They have some studs in that lineup, and going against a Cam Sanders kid that's confidence has to be in question after what happened last week, there's an opportunity here to, to play spoiler. Wow, look at Paul Maneri's quote here. We're facing a good Grambling team that beat FIU on Saturday in Miami. We studied them carefully, and they have a much improved baseball team with a very good coach. It's time for Cam Sanders to step up Woo. and be the guy we can count on Tuesday night. Wow, no pressure, kid. And hopefully he can save our bullpen for the remaining four games of the week. We're going into the game with a positive frame of mind, and we'll be ready to play on Tuesday night. That's true, because they play tomorrow as well. Yeah, LSU's got a lot of games this week. Uh, LSU and what, there's like 18 college baseball polls, but I saw a majority of them have somewhere around 14 or 15. Yeah. It's weird how you win the first two games against the team, and, you know, it's great, and you, you lose that last one. 11-1, though. And, and it takes away a lot from it. And people forget LSU still beat Texas in a series there. True, uh, but I think it's it's like you said they won the series. Yeah, but, but the you were with looked, three of your major sticks in the lineup too. That that, that is a great point, but uh, you know how many people know that mm. that are voting in these polls? Uh, the start that ULM is off to at six and one, pretty darn impressive. They'll be in back back in action tonight as they go on the road to square off against Jackson State before taking a long road trip to Southern Illinois. Yeah, a Jackson State team that is three and two this year. They actually got a win against UNO, Blake Ding's UNO team that is that is, you know, pretty pretty salty. Uh, they did lose to Mississippi State twelve to one, but that was the day after all of the Andy Canizero stuff broke. Mm. Uh, Braden Barrett just had a huge uh, weekend. In fact, on Saturday he hit for the cycle in that second game when they just rolled all over Northern Kentucky twenty one to nine. Interviewed uh, Barrett at the beginning of the year when we were talking about his past. And he's a guy that's kind of bounced around some different places. When I found out that he went to Barb and was part of uh, the championship squads in 2012-2014, I thought, well, this kid's probably pretty darn good. And he has certainly lived up to that hype. He originally signed with Northwestern State before transferring to a Heinz Community College. He literally it looked like he was going to be heading to Tulane, but something didn't work out there. He kind of falls into ULM's lap, and the rest is history. He continues to get it done for him. That's a lot of different colleges. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, ULM will try to keep it rolling along uh, tonight versus Jackson State. If they get an opportunity to start at 7-1, and one, pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, let's take a timeout. You can weigh in at 888-993-7762. We'll talk a little bit more college baseball in the 8 o'clock hour as James Cooper will join us before he hops on the bus for his trip to the box. We're back after this. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. 
Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe, your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe, or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Do you have diabetes? Millions of Americans do. And what they don't know is that even if you have diabetes, you can get up to $500,000 of quality life insurance from top-rated companies with no medical exam at great rates. That's right, no medical exam. Call now, 1-800-254-9567. Or visit us online at fastlife.life. It's Fast Life, the revolutionary new way to buy life insurance. It's quick, easy, and fast. And there's no medical exam. Call Fast Life today, one 800 254-9567 or visit us online at fastlife.life. No matter what your health or wealth, protecting the people you love is important. And for millions of people with diabetes, it's the number one reason for purchasing life insurance. Call now, 1-800-254-9567 or visit fastlife.life for your free no-obligation quote. Call Fastlife, 1-800-254-9567 or visit us online at fastlife.life. <laughs> Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. We look forward to a big night of high school hoops. In fact, uh, the second round got off to an early start last night uh, in Class 1A. Haynesville takes care of business. They knock off Maryville 60-34. to They now advance into the quarterfinals. And then we had the uh, rematch between Jonesboro Hodge and Lincoln Prep. The Panthers with two previous wins against the Tigers. I was over at Jonesboro Hodge yesterday having a little visit with the girls before they left for the uh, state tournament in the semifinals. The boys were out there getting ready and having a little shoot-around, and they felt confident going into this game, and rightfully so. They go up to Union on a neutral court and hand uh, Lincoln Prep a loss, 76-69. Congratulations to them. Big win. Yes, indeed. Now you look, of course, at what's on tap for uh, later today, and uh, we certainly have some more attractive matchups as you would anticipate in the second round because quite frankly the first round was a snoozer <laughs> it was a snoozer but uh second round we've got the matchup we wanted so, so west monroe had to go on the road as a number 18 seed and take care of business versus hanville for this to happen really a low scoring defensive affair early in the ball game a uh, second half a little bit more offense from both teams but eventually the rebels take care of hanville 51 to 45 yeah that game was um it's interesting. Kyle Hill was telling me actually that the the court, you know, in basketball the court can have a maximum or a minimum uh, as far as size goes. It's not like football where every football field is the same exact size. Theirs was more toward the minimum, and the people were like right on top of you. So he was saying, you know, playing on a smaller co uh, court, it it really benefits the defense, and so therefore. Um, the defense, it was much more of a defensive game, and Langston Powell had 20 points for the Rebels in that win. What he did was get to the free throw line in that fourth quarter, and he, he made his free throws count. And uh, So that was that was a huge win, going on the road, playing in a, in a hostile environment like Hanville. Uh, so now, because they won on the road, they get to host Wasita in the second round because that's how LHSA rules work. Obviously, a lot of history between these two programs. To just go back to this year, the two matchups in district play, the Lions handled uh, West Monroe both times. First matchup uh, at the Madhouse, they jumped out to a nice lead. The Rebels came back and made a game of it. The second game, both Jake and I were there, but uh, quite frankly, we don't remember a lot about it because it was a, a, a unforgettable, or forgettable, forgettable, forgettable game. It was a bit of a snoozer. Uh, I don't know what was up that night. It just seemed like everything was kind of off. Uh, you got to give credit to Washtenaw's defense. Washtenaw played really well defensively. And West Monroe made a run at it in the fourth quarter, but uh, Washtenaw held them off to win that game. Now, I want to go back to last year real quick. Mm. You've been here for 18 years, correct? Yeah. 
where that atmosphere, that game, as far as basketball goes, that has to rank high on your oh. list as, uh, for games, right? Yeah, it'd be a top five, probably, because I mean, you got to remember, there's been a lot of them out at Richwood and then right. Wasman and Carroll and then those gyms that aren't that size. Where the, the people are right on top of you, yeah. but to see that for a Washington West Monroe game, and I mean we literally, uh, what it's six o'clock or five thirty, they started letting people yeah. in, and it's six o five, six ten, because I remember doing a live shot at six twenty, and the place was packed, and it uh-huh. was it was rocking. It, it was packed, and there were there were dance battles going on, and it, it was a lot of fun. And the beauty of that game is it actually lived up to the hype. It, it was, was a awesome. well played game, and I mean it literally comes down to the end. And, Cfix Geeks had an opportunity to launch up what a 25 footer. Yeah, and it, and it rimmed out. Didn't it hit the rim. Yeah, uh, an incredible game though, um, back and forth. And that was a game where uh, Jimmy Orange had an incredible game for West Monroe, and Trey Coleman hit some big time shots for the Rebels. But neither guy will play tonight. They have sent, they have graduated. So who's going to step up for the Rebels tonight? That's the question. And of course, will the West Monroe fans come out? And will they give they them to. that home court advantage tonight versus Vallant? I think both fan bases are going to turn out tonight. I mean, just because of what we saw last year. And I understand what might hurt tonight's attendance is just the fact that you have so many local teams at home. I mean, it's quite a bit. That might hurt a little bit, but I still think you're going to have a packed house uh, for this game. Now, the kid that we've watched uh, growing up in front of our eyes, uh, Willie LaPool, yeah. uh, he is one of the most dominant players in Northeast Louisiana. He continues to get it done, and he'll be a matchup problem for West Monroe. He he is a matchup problem for many, and uh, Washtenaw's going to look to use that size advantage again uh, tonight, and, and, and Willie's the, at the forefront of that. And Willie, I, I got a chance to, to speak with him about you know this year and, and about last year. Actually, I got to talk to him about the West Monroe loss last year, and here's what he had to say. Right. We're going to have to beat them again. Well, let's talk about that, too, because last year y'all came so close, you know, losing in the quarterfinals. And uh, another memorable game against West Monroe. How often do you think about that game, and, and how bad are you are you itching oh, to get back to that stage? I think about that game every day. Just yeah. the stuff, the small stuff that we didn't do that made a big difference in the end. Rebounding, defending, stopping Jimmy. And then disrespecting Trey as a shooter, and he just shoots and put them up three. Yeah. So we preach in, a, in the locker room, don't disrespect your opponents. Play them like they're the Cavs. So it was a lesson learned, a hard lesson learned. But y'all carried that over into this year. Have y'all done that in every game, would you say? Would you honestly say that? We started off with the same mentality as last year. But it's, it, it came around, sadly, after the darn raid. Yeah. And, well, and since losing to NACA Central, y'all have been on a tear. I mean, y'all y'all have been really on a tear in district. What has clicked for y'all, I guess, on the floor that, that you've seen this, this turnaround? Just everybody playing their role. So it's Paul slowing down, realizing that mm-hmm. he's basically the best guard in our district. And in 5A, RJ, KD coming back to playing defense, Tate, and then – me scoring, like understanding that I have to play all around, as in rebounding, defending, blocks, scoring. Mm-hmm. And so I just pieces gel together, and our shooters come in, and they just been on the team. Willie's got a unique game, and I talked to him about a week and a half ago. He's one of our Aaron's aces about where it translates to the next level. He's getting in a number of looks right now, but of course, he and his coaching staff hoping they can make a deep run and really make a run in a state championship also for him to get some more looks. Because, I mean, you're looking at a kid that's literally uh, six feet seven and, and what he can do away from the bucket. And he's got range. He's got range, yeah. We, we saw him hit a couple of three-pointers, key three-pointers, and that went against Natchitoches Central earlier this year. But as far as this game goes tonight, I, I see two storylines. One, Washington has something to prove. You know, they, they were the team that many thought would make it to the state championship last year and they came up short against their rival in West Monroe. You know that is at the forefront of their mind. You know they want to make up for that. Other side, West Monroe, it's kind of like the same deal as last year. They're playing with house money again. I mean, they're, they're, they're not supposed to win this game. They've, they've already lost to Washtenaw multiple times this year. It was the same case last year, and they were able to pull off that victory. So West Monroe has the ability to play loose. I mean, the pressure's on Washita in this matchup. Uh, so I, I, that's the way I look at it, and uh, – if Washtenaw plays too tight, West Monroe can get them again. 
What was the stat last year with Washita and West Monroe? It was like the Rebels had only beat them like one time in uh, 13 tries. It was something uh, pretty astounding. And, of course, uh, the Rebels go into the madhouse and break the Lions' heart last year. We'll see how this plays out this season. In uh, 4A, of course, uh, District 2 4A. <laughs> you crumbled that piece of paper up already. No reason to look at uh, Class 4A. In Class 3A, we are loaded. A couple of uh, great matchups tonight where some of our teams will be tested, including uh, Carroll as a number 5 seed. They will square off against Patterson, a number 12 seed. That's slated to tip off at 6.30 tonight. So, Waspin and Carroll, for being a number four or number five seed, they've got some really tough games tonight. Waspin squares off against Baker, a number 13 seed. This is a program and a team that Waspin is very familiar with. So, Waspin played them last year, and I was at that game, and it was a hard-fought 60-54 to 54 win. Okay, and I, and talking to Casey yesterday, he, Casey Jones said that, listen, they got a 6'8 guy, they got a 6'7 guy. Yeah, they are athletic. They're one of the most athletic teams in the state. And so because, you know, if Wasman and Carroll win, they, they face each other Friday. And so as a reporter, you're tempted to ask about that. But both coaches were not willing to even think about that because both of them were saying, listen, we've got tough. Because look at Patterson. Carroll's playing a Patterson team that, that is 24-5 and five this year. Mm. <laughs> How is that? How do you get to play a 24-5 team as the, the number? The schedule must have been pretty bad. It, it must have been pretty bad. But uh, – Listen, this uh, this road to get to the championship in 3A is no joke. And so Waspin and Carroll will have their hands full tonight, and if they're fortunate enough to get the victory, they'll play this Friday. When I asked uh, Jesse about the potential matchup in the quarterfinals, uh, he slyly said, well, I just don't show the kids the bracket. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> he told me the same thing yesterday, and I was just I had to laugh it off. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, these kids know, man. Yeah. These kids know what's at stake. I think we all want to see that on uh, Friday night out at uh, the Belton Complex. Carroll versus Wasman. Both will have to take care of business tonight. In that same district, uh, Union with a big win in the first round. They are the number six seed. They will square off against Crowley tonight at home. Uh, you have Richwood. Don't sleep on the Rams. They're the number seven seed. They looked impressive in the first round. They'll also be at home versus uh, Lake Charles College Prep. And then Madison at number 18, they'll be looking to pull the upset of the tournament as they welcome in powerful Peabody. So, wait, is all five teams in the district, are they hosting? All five are hosting? Yes. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So there's a 3A. That is, uh, of course, our best classification in North Louisiana. Yes, indeed. Uh, in 2A, there's a team that's pretty good. They go by the name of the Rabel Hornets. They won uh, the first round by a score of 102 to 25. Jake made the prediction that they'd win uh, their playoff games by an average of 25 points. Well, that helps your average a little bit. A little bit. 102 to 25. I think I can uh, withstand a couple of 10-point games now. Uh, Will there be a 10-point game tonight? Are we looking at another 30 or 40-point blowout? As Bill Platt, a number uh, 16 seed, comes in. They uh, handle the Vidalia, your Vikings, 87-62 in the first round. I'll say 25 points. I'll go with 25 points, the average tonight. Uh, if you missed the highlights of uh, Friday night of Rabel, it was uh, <laughs> slam <laughs> fest. Yeah. It was uh, it was pretty good stuff. Yeah, it was it was almost comical yeah. the, the way they were just effortlessly dunking the ball on fast breaks. But I guess we could have expected that because you you got a firsthand look at that matchup earlier this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, when they scored 42 in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, Faraday advances on. They take care of business. They'll play uh, West St. Mary tonight. You have Delhi Charter, a number 18 seed. They pulled a little bit of an upset in the first round. They will square off against uh, North Caddo, who is a number two seed. That game will be played over at Mangum at 630. In 1A, we mentioned uh, the big win for Jonesboro Hodge last night. And, of course, uh, Haynesville, also of local interest. Uh, Tensaw is the number one seed. You have uh, other teams. Arcadia is a number uh, – i got to double-check that. I don't know if Arcadia won or lost that one in the first round. Sorry. Get the I-team on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check that. Uh, then also uh, we mentioned, uh, of course, uh, Jonesboro Hodge and Lincoln Prep. Delhi's the number two seed. They're at the bottom of the bracket. They will square off against uh, South Cameron, the 15 seed. That game will be played up in Oak Grove. Simsboro, I know John Tabor's fired up. They uh, had a first-round bye. They will play Quitman tonight. That is a 1-17 versus 17 matchup. That one will tip off 
around uh, 6.30 tonight. Weston is a number seven seed. They will be uh, going up against uh, Mount Hermon. Uh, other games of uh, local interest, Summerfield was the number one seed. Congratulations to them. They had a first round bye. They will be in action tonight. Atlanta is a number 12 seed. will travel to Pleasant Hill. Uh, Calvin will be in action tonight against the number four seed. I know I'm probably missing someone, and I apologize. As we move down to Division Four, when you have 12 brackets, it's a little tough. Uh, St. Frederick, after their first round win, they will go on the road and score off against Vermilion Catholic. That is a 12 versus five matchup. Also, Cedar Creek, they're coming off their uh, or an opportunity to play in the uh, second round, I think, for the first time in uh, 30 years. They are a 14 seed. They will travel to Hamilton Christian. All right. Arcadia won 68 to 42 against Northwood Lena. They actually play Grand Lake, the number five seed, tomorrow at 630. All right. There you go. I butchered that as well as I possibly could. No, that's good. It's Seven o'clock hour in the books coming up. Gus Cattengill saves us. The morning drives back after this. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.